Attention Walmart shoppers and associates, my name is Beth from Electronics. I've been working at Walmart for almost five years and I can say that everyone here is overworked and underpaid. The attendant policy is bullshit. We are treated from management and customers poorly every day. Whenever we have a problem with it, we're told that we're replaceable. I'm tired of the constant gaslighting. This company treats their elderly associates like shit. To Jared, our store manager, you're a pervert. Greta and Kathy, shame on y'all for treating your associates the way you do. I hope you don't speak to your families the way you speak to us. Shout out to Kamonique, Patty, Shardell, and so many more. Walmart doesn't deserve y'all. Fuck manage it and fuck this job. I quit. This podcast is governed for one fall. With a 60-minute time limit coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds, recording to you from SoFi Stadium, which is weird because we're rowing out of here on a river of tears. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is... I'm Bobby B, and we are bringing you Podcasting Perfection Personified. Bringing you once again another slamming edition of the... Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. Yes, another week, another Wrestleocalypse, and here we are bringing you some cool, hard-hitting shit. So we got... Well, top, well, well, well. Well, not The cool shit's yet. in a little bit. That's in a little bit. I got ahead of myself. Overall, it always is. And I do want to just say, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Yes. Um, uh, just an incredible comedian. Did it his way. Was unique. Always a unique talent. Um Obviously, there's lots of funny stuff that people are sharing, as well as heartfelt tributes. So just seemed like one of the good guys. And I really appreciated his sense of humor. Um, anytime when you can make people like Conan O'Brien noticeably uncomfortable, yeah. uh, it's bound to be funny. So we lost a good one, um, you know, so rest in peace, Norm. Yeah, that was a shocker, man. Like it came out of nowhere. And so, yeah, he kept it under wraps and, you know, like it's nobody business, but his and his family. But yeah, so we can't, we'd be here all night in another episode if we went through all the funny things that guy did. Totally our line of humor. But yeah, rest in peace, buddy. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, let's tackle the five top wrestling stories since you and I last uh, got together. What do you want to start off with? Well. Let's start off with the thing that's pretty new. So let's start from the top with them. We had a rebooting of NXT, NXT 2.0. And the logo looks like they murdered uh, Rainbow Bright into the NXT logo. But we've got some mixed reviews about it. Um, Bobby, let's start with you. What did you think about it overall? Well, so I watched it. Um, I had a lot of problems with it. And not anything that I think maybe dooms it moving forward, but it did certainly make me scratch my head and wonder. Let's hear it. Who's who's making these decisions? First thing is 
I understand you're rebooting. You want to introduce some guys, but you've got um, some a recent a recent acquisition, LA Knight, who just wrapped up a really good program with um, Cameron Grimes. Kind of elevated himself, got the crowd, kind of got to know him, created a, you know, really sold himself as this really slick talking heel. Um, and he's going to be in this fatal four way for the, the to get the champion on the brand new, new NXT 2.0. And they book him to lose in the first, first match. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on that one because it's like, you know, this is, it's weird because both of those guys are new and bond breakers new. We'll get into him, but it's like, put him with someone else. Like you don't have to put him with LA Knight. Why is LA Knight doing double duty? And you swerved everyone thinking he was going to win the title. So like, I mean, that, that was just a weird call. I'll agree with you on that, but keep going with what, some more of your head scratchers. Yeah. And then um, they did like the whole start of the show was all just kind of like squash matches. We didn't really get a good wrestling match until we got the woman's, the woman's, um, tag match uh probably halfway through the show four or five matches in and that was good i really enjoyed that um and then i didn't understand like i don't know if they're like creating a feud with kyle o'reilly and you know pete dune and his kind of faction but i didn't understand why they took kyle o'reilly out of the four-way fatal four-way right Except, I mean, okay, so they're trying to introduce this other character. Yeah. But I think that's like really it. what left a bad taste in my mouth was it felt like an incomplete show. And yet we still ended up, so they wanted to do all these things to highlight new talent, but we still end up with Ciampa with the title. Yeah, I agree. I can agree with that now that you said that. Um, I don't, Vaughn Wagner was the guy that replaced Kyle O'Reilly. Um, yeah, if you're trying to, I, I understand what you, everything that you said is correct. And I think people were expecting Kyle O'Reilly and like the Von Wagner guy, they could have like put him in something else. Um, th- that stuff I agree with. Um, for me, I like the overall, the new look of it. I like how I like that aspect of it. It looked really cool. Um, I like the new talent that they um, introduced like Bond Breaker Braun Breaker, whatever his name is. Um, what's his name? Rex Steiner is what I'd like to call him, which he should be called. Like, and that's what I don't get, which I'll get. I'm not going to get ahead of myself because that's in our odds and ends. But I thought for a first show, it was it was half decent. I didn't watch the full show. I watched the condensed version of it because I just don't have the time. But I think I agree with you on all those aspects. But and I just hope that there's more things to come. You know, I hope it's not just like they're going to do it for one day and then they're going to go back to other shit. I heard Shawn Michaels was actually running the show. So and this probably he's probably getting um, instructions from from top from Vince to do some of the stuff he did, because I don't think he would book it like that. But I'm, I'm waiting to see it pan out. You know, I'm really excited about the new talent and with Ciampa as the title uh, title holder. So that was really cool. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't either. Um, but that's about it. That's all I got to say about that. Oh yeah. And then I read on the thing today that Vince wants to make it edgier, whatever that means. Uh, you know, what? here's the thing with the edginess, everybody calls out for edgy, edgy, edgy. And it's like, you can make it edgy, but it still has to be good. You know, you, you can, um, you can have it for edginess for edginess sake, like some people do. And it just ends up being a snuff film. 
which I doubt they're going to go that direction, but you know what I'm, what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. And I, it's like, it's the same shit people used to always complain about like, Oh, well, you know, HBO, they can cuss and they can show boobies, but it's like, but the Sopranos was a really good show. Like empire was really well written and acted. And it's like, and they, yes, they had all those things, but they were different, but not necessarily better than, you know, some great shows that are on network television. Right. I mean, a lot of people are calling for boobs and stuff online and, you know, going back to the attitude era. And I can guarantee you some of these guys are kids. And um, if you're worried about that and seeing scantily clad women or non-clothed women, there's plenty of websites that you can go on that you need to, like that doesn't necessarily make a good show. So I just want it to be a good show and I want it to make sense. And if they can do that, then we're on board. Yeah. And lastly, I do agree with you, though. I like the new look of the actual facility. Yeah. It kind of, you know, it it was a good and welcome update. So we'll like everything else, though, it it starts and ends with the booking. And we're going to see who's booking this crap. Absolutely. All right. Onward and upward. I haven't used that in a long time. Yeah. One thing I really have noticed and I'm really enjoying is AEW has kind of carved out a special niche that they're doing where they basically have these pseudo pay-per-views on dynamite or rampage. And they're giving you some really top, top level matches and they're kind of in service of overall feuds, but they're allowing, you know, Kenny Omega is doing things like wrestling jungle boy. And, and so they're doing a lot of really cool things and it's allowed them to book in creative ways without like having to create these weird, four week long storylines, you know, cause it's just like the, the, how they've written the elite and everything. It just, and it moves really well. So I really enjoyed that. And we've got the um, dynamite grand slam coming up and the rampage grand slam coming up starting, I think next week. And there's yeah. like a ton of good matches on that. Yeah. I think we're going to get the debut of Brian Danielson and uh, among some other things, CM Punk will be on rampage Friday. So wrestling. So, I mean, you got me right there. So, I mean, that's AEW's firing on all cylinders. And I, this is what, exactly what we asked for when we were kind of picking it apart in the beginning. And it seems like they've found their groove. And as long as they keep doing this, we're going to keep tuning in and bringing it into you. Yeah, yeah. I think there, I would say just to call it down both sides. Um, when I was watching Rampage, I got caught up on Rampage this morning. Like a little bit too much Matt Hardy in the beginning of that show. Yeah. Like and, it and went he, a little too long. That's... And they're going to rely on him. And like, you know, he brings with him young talent and stuff. But I mean, they're just going to have to work out how they distribute the talent and the matches to make sure that, like we always say, people are where they should be, you know, yeah. and we're not getting a little too much of, you know, Matt Hardy. Although it was funny how he brought the guy out of the crowd and cut his hair and yeah. And I agree with that. Like, you know, he, he has him in a spot, but then it seems like he's getting more of the spotlight on him instead of the guys around him, which is like counterproductive in my opinion. He, you know, highlight H um, hybrid two, a highlight butcher and the blade who had a good match with the Lucha bros. So yeah, just tone it down on Matt Hardy for a little bit. You know, he can be there, but just don't make him so much of the focal point because he shouldn't be. Yes, he runs the faction, but, you know, we want to highlight some of these guys that no one's ever seen. Everyone's seen Matt Hardy. Yeah, and I think what it was to basically set up the big tag match that they're going to do next week. I think. Yeah. So, 
Um, but I do like it. And, and, and we've got some really, really good matches out of this, this thing. And, you know, I, we've talked about a little bit how WWE ends up writing these really quick storylines to fill in these, these pay-per-views that they're having every four weeks when really like it dilutes the pay-per-views. It makes the shows a little less compelling because why are you going to get invested in a feud, you know, is going to be over on Sunday, you know, like when we look at extreme rules. So I just like it. It's something different. It's cool. I like getting really good matches on free TV. So uh, that's really what I I was impressed with and and interested in this week. Um, For sure. Definitely sad to hear you. This is one of yours, but one of our favorite guys, Sammy, thumbs up, thumbs down. Callahan, uh, he's out and he's going to be out for a while because he took a pretty bad injury. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. So the guy, he's got a broken ankle, tibia and fibula. So for those of you that are not anatomy majors, so that's a big, big injury. And I don't know if it's on the same leg. They didn't clarify that, but it's like the tibia, tibia and the fibula are connected. The tibia being like the uh, larger of the two, but those are broken along with his ankle. So the guy wrestles a pretty high impact style. So, but I just speedy recovery to him because he's one of the higher points on impact right now. Yeah. And he's been holding it down, man. He, uh, you know, he, he feuded with Tessa Blanchard. He uh, he's really, he's really been the key heel to to move storylines for impact. So it's a big loss. He's really good. We really like him. Um, And it's weird. I haven't seen it obviously because it's, uh, but apparently he, he did it doing a suicide dive. Yeah. And like they need to tone down on those because it's just like, there's a, there's a little margin for error. And it just seems like, I mean, he's got a lot of mileage on his body too. So I don't know, like I said, bottom line is just, I hope he gets a speedy recovery and impact's going to miss him. And so are we. So I hate to update on that, but I feel like, you know, that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but I mean, also it's so weird too. Maybe it's best for him to sit out while this whole like AEW and impact thing develops because so far it's been pretty one-sided. Yeah, for sure. For AEW. I mean, I just saw that Christian cage retained the impact title. So yeah. Um, you know, hope he gets better. It's always sad to see the, the talents get hurt like that, but unfortunately it is, as they say, the breaks of the game. Yep. Yep. Um, right. I, I think we're going to wrap up our last two. We're going to stick in the WWE um, universe and um, they're kind of like go hand in hand in a way. So one of the things that struck me was Finn Balor challenging for the title this Sunday as the demon. That's like big news. And yet doesn't really seem like he's a main eventer, to be honest right now that they've written him. So fodder for reigns. Yeah, and, but they haven't even finished this feud, and it's like going to your point. They pulled the trigger on this triple threat match on Raw, which is great. Pop the yeah. ratings on Raw. Reigns looks awesome, doing some good with Lashley. But it's like, but Reigns, there's a go home show on Friday, and then Reigns is gonna fight the demon on Sunday. Right. So like, where does all like what is going on here? Yeah, I just I don't understand like them. I get it, Monday Night Football, but it's like. People, you're not going to, how about something sustainable? You know, like how about stringing a bunch of good shows together 
and not just doing all oh, don't get me wrong. That was a great match. You know, it was cool to see Reigns on um, Monday Night Raw and we'll be getting the Reigns more in the mailbag, but it's, it, it was just too quick. Cause there that's things got, you got to let something like that marinate and you know, they're just like to hot shot things and doesn't make too much sense to me. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're chasing, they're always chasing, they're always reacting. Yes. They're always worried. I mean, I don't know. I was not really interested in either the football game or raw, to be honest. So, I mean, raw know. was raw was a lot better. Th- I mean, it was, it wasn't such a chore to watch this time. No, it wasn't, it wasn't. And, um, the, uh, the way I feel about it is it's like, I think it's like almost antiquated thinking. It's like, I don't need to watch raw live. No. And most people don't like you're not, I don't understand like kind of adulterating storylines, changing all these things, making these, these changes to try to like get a good rating against Monday night football. When in in the whole scheme of modern media, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. And I just, I think more, a lot of this too is maybe USA on their back because the ratings just keep going down and you know, I know they're like pretty high ranked up there on USA. I don't really keep track too much of the ratings because they don't really matter to me, but it just seems like they're getting a lot of, they're getting some pressure. And the thing is the the way to take that off is make a consistently good program. Like don't just put one good program on and then do give us like three months of shit, make it consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we've been saying for quite some time and we're going to get into a little bit, maybe some things they can do to help we can, or maybe we'll give them some suggestions that they should heed if they want to accomplish that. But those are the top five things that interested us that caught our eyes and ears um, through the course since of the week in professional wrestling. Um, We got some odds and ends. We're going to, we're going to wrap up this first half before we move on to the cool shit. Um, so definitely, uh, one of the hottest talents in wrestling is the redeemer. Yeah. (laughs) He put a shellacking on, I forget what that guy's name is. Fuego and Fuego, El Fuego. Yeah. El Fuego or, but the guy's got so much momentum, dude. And he just keeps getting, gaining steam and it's, I just want to know who's going to stop him. Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel that him and Sammy Guevara could have a pretty good feud. Yeah, and this will be kind of the test for Miro because just um, fantasy booking, I don't see Sammy taking that title from him, and I believe it'll be a mistake if he does. But Sammy, he's one of those guys that can look good in a defeat, and he can really put it on Miro, and it'll just be too much for him at the end. That's just my take on it. But um, I like that setup for that match with what happened at the end of Rampage. So I'm just a really I've been we've been fans of Miro, the formerly known as Rusev. And we're even bigger fans now because the guy is actually you can tell that he's invested in what he's doing. And this is the exact character that we needed for him to be playing coming into AEW. Yeah, 100 percent. He's so charismatic. Like his promos are awesome. Like it's just it's it's so good. And I don't know who's going to stop him. Um, You know, I hope 
it's going to be someone homegrown. Yeah, it should. But be. I don't know who that's going to be. And I don't think they have to do it anytime soon. No, let him have a dominant reign with this title. Yeah. yeah, this is what we like. And this is what we talk about. Like, you're the champion. And it's uh, it's one thing to get it, but it's another thing to hold on to it. So, I mean, just keep doing what they're doing with him. And I'm, we're not going to you're not going to have any complaints on our side. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so one of the things that I thought was super interesting, uh, you know. Season three and a half, three point two or whatever it was, uh, debuted. And they talked about the plane ride from hell. And there was a bunch of fallout from something that happened like 20, 20 years, years ago, ago. Yeah. Which is insane. Something that's actually been reported on. It talks about in books and reported on in a 30, by, 30 for 30. Now, granted, Dark Side of the Ring, they bring a little bit more emotion to it. It's a, it's a, it's a different type of program than like your 30 for 30. Um, but man, Flair and Tommy Dreamer both get suspended for basically their appearances in that show. And I don't necessarily get it. And I'm concerned on what that means in the larger context, especially with wrestling. Um, well, I don't want to get too much of, on, into it because we're going to um, cover that in our inside the ring. But I don't think it was so much about what happened, but of what was said on the documentary itself. Cause like, it seemed like Tommy dreamer, like kind of trivialized what was happening, you know, like, you know, wrestling's a fraternity mm-hmm. and you know, everyone has each other's backs, but I mean, some of the stuff that Tommy dreamer said, was like, it's the guy's got daughters and a wife. And so it's like to trivialize exposing yourself. I know flair did that a lot, but that doesn't make it right. You know, and I just think that's why he got some of the heat that he did. And everybody's talking about Rob Van Dam, how he was talking about the Halcyon bombs and stuff like that. But he wasn't condoning it. He was just saying what happened. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm not going to say too much because I'm going to get more into it at the end. But I understand and I don't. You know, the, the vitriol for Flair, you know, he... He was like JR said in the show, he is a made man. So he kind of like they didn't really do anything with him and everybody else. It was just a complete shit show. We'll get more into it. Uh, then I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, I think my my thing was like. It's nothing that we d- didn't know about. Right, right. And Flair had talked about. So why yeah. is he getting suspended? Like, well, he doesn't even for him, work for WWE anymore, but they took his shit off the fucking thing. Yeah. And I mean, so it's just, it's just strange. The whole thing is strange to me and perhaps we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out when we kind of break down the episode and a little bit more. Right. Um, um, back to bond, Bron breaker, AKA Rex Steiner, Vic Steiner's son, Scott Steiner's nephew. Uh, great debut. Looks good. I, uh, we discussed that. We didn't look, I, we didn't like how it had to be at LA Knight's expense. But it's just like my main gripe with it is, is like, why the weird name? I know they kind of want to get away from the Steiner name because Scott's got heat with WWE from back in the day. I remember they um, they wanted him to get drug tested because the guy's a walking anabolic steroid. And he said he'll get drug tested if they get him a limo and Triple H goes with him. And he's gone on record saying some stuff about WWE, how the Hall of Fame's a joke and this and that. 
but don't let's not put it on the expense of the kid that had nothing to do with it. And I'm, right. I'm just I'm just like, OK, you want to change his name? Fine. But don't dress him up in the same singlet. Don't give little like innuendo saying dog face gremlin like just, and, you know, he's a second generation guy at a prestigious wrestling family. So run with that. You have him gift wrapped. Who cares what Scott did? That kid's not Scott. Yeah, who the f- like how many of your fans even know who Scott are now, who the people you're trying to reach? Like, right. So it's just maybe, you know, say who he is and that'll get other wrestling fans to dive into the Steiner brothers because the Steiner brothers were one of my favorite tag teams when I was growing up. And you can see a lot of Rick and Scott in this kid. And it's, he looks really, really good. And I see he's got, I think the ceiling's pretty high for him if they use him right. Yeah. Well, that's a big F and it's just like, it's just so like exhausting. Yeah. Like WWE just doing all of this. They just make things so much more difficult. Absolutely. It's like, it's not fucking rocket science. No, dude. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's not like, and it's a, the Steiners are a pretty well-known name in the circle of wrestling. So I don't understand why you wouldn't want to run with that. That's just my opinion. Yeah. No, well, or just like make him his own character. Right. Don't do the innuendo. Yeah. If you're going to do if, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. If like, you're going to um, get away from the Steiner name, then completely make him different. Don't put him in fluorescent colored singlets. That was the Steiner's MO back yeah. in the day. Like, no, it's like, and that's why it's like, they just can't just fucking do something simple and like execute it. It's like the kid doesn't need all this. He just put him in the ring with, right. good, you know, he like, showed it in his ring work. The guy's freaking good. Yeah. Let him shine, man, for sure. Yeah. So this is the one I wanted to wrap it up. It's uh, going to take a little bit more time maybe than the other ones, but I think we can run through it pretty quick and kind of just saying like, you know, s- He's talking about how Reigns comes to Raw, gets the ratings pop. Oh, the tribal chief, that's great. And WD has always kind of had, and I don't think it's, I think if creative had their way, they wouldn't do it this way. But I think it's the nature of the beast when you have two separate television contracts with two separate companies and everybody, and both of those companies are paying money for stuff right uh, something that makes their program unique so we've got this stupid roster where raw doesn't interact with smackdown except for when they do and that comes what that brings with us is the october draft that we're going to have and so i've kind of was just thinking when i was watching uh, the highlights of raw like what are five changes we can make in the draft that could improve both products I mean, what I would do is put all the women on one show, specifically Raw, since it's the longer show. Since Because it's the women's division is kind of a mess right now. And there's not enough of them to um, necessitate two titles. I've always said this. And put them on, put them on one show and have multiple feuds. Not every feud has to be for the title. And I know Raw is kind of doing that and they have some stuff going on, but I think it would serve them best if they put it on, put the women on one show. That's one of my changes. Yeah. That's actually a great idea. I never even thought about that. And then just kind of looking at the roster, just looking at like uh, raw and how few, just how few women there actually are on. And then you go to SmackDown and there's going to be even less. It's like, yeah, look at raw. So what do we have on the show? We had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. They're going at it. Then we have Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair. They're going at it. And then we have Eva Marie and Dewdrop, who no one wants to see. 
you know. So I mean, then they have um, what's her name, Nikki Ash and um, Rhea Ripley, Ripley, who just won the titles. So they could utilize those tag titles a little bit better if they had more women on the show. Yeah, Oscar's not doing anything. No, Oscar's not doing anything. They got Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart in catering. Um, I, yeah, because you know they just brought them up to, from NXT for, for nothing. Reason. Um, Tony Storm, she's um, going to be lost in the shuffle. You know they can they can just, they can do a lot more. I think if all of them are on there, you know, so and just consolidate the titles. Yeah, and that would that would be fine for me. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, actually. Um, the one thing that I thought was to, um, I would like to see all of the tag teams restored. They broke up a bunch of different tag teams, and I would like to see them restored. So, like, definitely, New Day has to get back together. You have yeah. to bring Big E to Raw or whatever. Um, and just try to like really build that division because what they end up doing is they keep putting all these slapdash tight teams together to get the titles. And then it doesn't move the story. And so you get this really inconsistent product because what you end up having is you have these, you end up, they build up a traditional tag team until it doesn't, if they need to put over a singles wrestler. Well, yeah. Cause they're doing this rinse, wash and repeat thing with, these makeshift tag teams. So they put them together. They have some success. Then one of them turns on the other and then they have a feud right there. It's so lazy. It's so trite. And it's just, it's been done. It's such a color by numbers, just boring thing. Just, just go back to tag team wrestling. And, you know, another one of my things that I would suggest is getting rid of some of these titles, like unify the intercontinental and the United States title, unify the tag team titles and put the tag teams on one division on one show. And like SmackDown seems to be the more wrestling based show. Throw the tag teams on there. Like legit ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I think it just, that's part of it is like shoring up the actual, the other divisions other than just like the men's singles division. Well, yeah. Make the titles actually mean something. I mean, Damian Priest is doing a good job so far with the U.S. title. So, you know, that's fine because I like this feud he's doing with Sheamus. And then I don't, who's the Intercontinental Champion even? I don't even know. King Nakamura. That's right. See, see, that used to be the workhorse title and I don't even know who it is. (laughs) So, and that says a lot with Nakamura and the prestige of that title that hasn't had any for a while, but just they need to tighten a lot of things up. And, you know, not so much about putting different guys on different brands. It's like do something like um, internal and make give people a reason to watch. Yeah, people be excited to see somebody else on a different program. But then when you start doing the same things, that novelty is going to wear off real quick. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, The other thought I had was. They need to um, have have it be less of just a random like draft, and I feel like they should somehow get make a tournament out of it, right? You know, um, but I think the the reason 
I think that would be good is because it'd be a way to showcase all these, this talent that they're not using. Right. Um, and again, it's like trying to make these shows more consistent so that they have better kind of long-term appeal. It's like, you need to be able to consistently show all the different talent. Like when was the last time we saw, I mean, not that we necessarily need to, but like, what's Drew Gulak doing? Yeah, what's, what's Elias doing? Like, what's Cedric what? Alexander doing other than showing up and putting on good matches with Ricochet right. and then for no That's reason? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to give us a reason to want to tune in. Like, I don't want to compare, but like AEW's got almost just as much talent as WWE does, and they don't seem to have a problem showcasing who they need to, you know? And that's because they've strategically placed their wrestlers on certain shows. And, you know, it's a pretty good system because it's working. And it's, it, it doesn't mean shit if you've got all this talent, if they're just all sitting in the back and you're showcasing the same people. And there's they have plenty of people to showcase. And like, yes, not everyone needs to be at the top of the card, but you can build a strong card from top to bottom and keep people tuning in if you just utilize the talent that you have in an efficient way. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. And it's just, you know, I think they also need to release more talent. Yeah, that too. You know, there should be a thing like if you don't get drafted, you go to NXT or like something, you know, because a lot of this talent, they're not, you know, it's like, I mean, what what is like, what is Eric and Ivar doing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm you sure know, they're like, I'm sure they didn't, you know, they're making good money, but you know, you're, you're signing on to the biggest company so you can wrestle in front of people, you know, like I don't, I highly doubt a lot of people are content with just picking up a paycheck and hanging out at catering and TV all day. Some people might be, but I know if I was, if I'm in a wrestler or if I'm in like kind of some kind of entertainment thing, I want to be showcasing my talent. That's just me though. So I don't know what the deal is. I'm not in, I'm on the ends. I can just tell you from what I see it, and like what I think would work out best. So, because apparently whatever WWE is doing is not working out, it's working out for them in their pocket because of all the TV deals and stuff. But as a viewer, it's not doing any, it's not doing much for me. No, I agree. I agree. And then um, the last thing I thought of, I, I think this is five, it could have been before, but um, is. They should like they should also include the announcers in the draft. Yeah, switch them up. Yeah, because I mean, like I think Pat McAfee should definitely be on. Would help Raw. Yeah, he would. It just Corey Graves is toned down a bit. He's a little bit more digestible, you know. Um, but Pat McAfee's just been a very high point for them, you know. And yeah, th- that could work too. Like I like switching up the roles because they don't really have those like definite voices that they did like with jr or even michael cole you know so switch them up see where it works you never know a different voice could be good for a different program and that could be that could help to get the ball rolling well yeah and just somebody who can be dynamic and putting someone over or right you know i mean that's a big part of it especially for the tv audience is yeah you know they're not they get we we get the influence of the crowd but a lot of what's going on is the announcers telling the story of what's going on in the ring 
That's like, their oh, job. They're, work, they're working yeah. over the injured shoulder. Oh, you remember two weeks ago when, you know, and just doing all of the work to like give context to the match and really help build the story, the in-ring story that's going on. Right. I um, agree with that. And we've always complained, call the moves what they're called. Yeah. Like just really like, let's just, again, let's just stop doing shit. That's difficult for the sake of doing difficult shit. Right. That's all Vince right there. Like he wants to get so much away from being a wrestling show, but guess what, dude, it's a wrestling show and you run a wrestling company and we're tuning in to watch wrestling. Not if I want to see something like in depth with like a really intricate storyline, I'll go watch the Sopranos dude or six feet under. So, you know, just give me the wrestling. You, they know what the formula is, but I just think they've been so far gone and resting on their laurels for so long that they might not not know how get people that know about the product instead of these Hollywood writers. Cause it's like, you can tell that like, they're just making these dudes say and do things that even normal people wouldn't say like, so, I mean, that's the start. That's the start of it. Yeah. And stop, stop letting Goldberg come and challenge for titles. Yeah. That's enough of that. I agree. <laughs> and on that, and we'll put a pin on this first half. Yep. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with the second half. The cool shit. Absolutely. back with your favorite segment my favorite segment bobby's favorite segment and the dark lord's favorite segment what do we like to call it cool shit all right so what do we start cool shit out with you've got mail all right we got a doozy for you today so let's get into it all right good news brown asks with smackdown and raw putting up decent episodes recently do you see them sustaining this upward trajectory or do you think it's more of the same wwe trying to pop a rating we talked about this a little bit um i think they're doing i think that they have a really good thing going with a few storylines i think the reigns bloodline thing is good i think that the crowd is invested in rk bro which is good um, and then I think the other stuff they're just kind of playing around and I think they are searching for a pop a little bit trying to figure out where they can get you know some things going to to get the crowd talking but um, so I think it's a little of both to be honest yeah I can agree with that I mean you know they have to kind of step their game up with Monday Night Football and the thing is with with the ratings thing like <sighs> I don't really try not to pay too much attention to it because it doesn't matter to me. And, you know, people are going to watch the football game live and then we're going to watch raw if they do watch it and they're going to go back to watching it. Cause there's so, like we've said so many times before, there's so much, so many different ways to consume this. So, you know, this is not the days of having to watch it live and they sure as hell don't really have a show that I'm going to take time out to make sure I catch it live. I don't really catch any TV live, honestly. So yeah, and especially for us on the West Coast, it's like, why do I need to watch Raw when 
I get all of the spoilers on Twitter and Instagram. I see all the highlights before right. it is even airing in our in our area. So, <clears throat> but I do think that like we should all pump the brakes a little bit, like on this upward trajectory. It's like I don't know if Raw's on an upward trajectory because they've hit a couple good episodes. Yeah, like so. Getting, yeah, let's not get carried away. Right, and they've been consistent with SmackDown for a while now, on right. the back of the Tribal Chief and his manager her is advocate wait what is paul Heyman for roman reigns i think he's an advocate too <laughs> yeah okay yeah. so but good news brown um thanks for the thanks for the uh the question i enjoy your positive take on old charlie brown but um we'll see if you uh maintain that positive outlook as the browns progress through their nfl season <laughs> All right, this next one is from Jay Rock, and they ask, I've read that WWE is working on bringing Keith Lee back as a heel, and he worked a dark match last Monday. Do you guys think he will be in line for a decent push out of the gate? Um, as history says, no. I don't know. They, they've seemed to have repackaged him. Like, everybody was freaking out because he grew a beard, and, you know, so it's just something different. I hope it's a big push for him. He's a good wrestler. We enjoyed his matches in NXT. Um, oh, and that's what you said here. It cut out your question cut off. You were a big fan of him in NXT. So are we. And um, yeah, just book him right. And it would be perfect if he came to Raw. But then if he starts a feud with Big E out of the gate, that's not going to be good because that's going to be a loss. So start it slow. Just have him beat up some undercard people and go from there. Yeah, I mean they have I'm sh they have to do something with him and you know, I don't see him coming back as a baby face. No, that's cuz he worked at Kira Tozawa and so they said he was working a heel during that match. So yeah, that's what it's going to be. We'll have to yeah. see. We can't it's like I don't I don't like mean to be a negative Nancy, but just the way they push these guys and start and stop them, it doesn't you know, as the realist in me just doesn't seem like they're going to do it right, but hopefully I'm wrong. Look at what they're doing with Karrion Cross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also there's no place, like there's no place for Keith Lee. If it's like, where do you, where do you fit in? If you're not in the title can picture in WWE, right? We right. don't really fit in anywhere. I mean, we talked about, we didn't even know who the intercontinental, I mean, I knew who it was, but you know, the intercontinental championship is like, it's not being defended on a weekly basis. We're not seeing a bunch of storylines. So maybe, maybe he there, what, what you describe as a decent push, you know, I think he could go to a feud with Nakamura and that would work. Nakamura is kind of over as a baby face. Cause he's got his guitar playing uh, partner. And so that could work, but again, it's all conjecture and hypothetical. Like, my honest I, answer is no. I don't think he will be in line for a decent push out of the gate. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. All right. All right. Question. Coming coming straight from Hawaii. From Von Eric. The Von Eric. Heads up, two-parter coming in. I like that. I like at least warning us. Not yeah, trying to pull a quick good. one. Not trying to pull a quick one on us. Uh, right. What do you guys think of the NFL season so far and the respective teams you root for? And do you guys know anything about Aaron Rodgers being disgruntled in Green Bay? 
I heard about it over the summer, but I'm not sure if you guys know what the exact issue was. I don't really know what it was other than like, didn't they cut one of his friends or something? And I don't really know what it was, but I know he was definitely living his best Aaron Rodgers life with his fiance and just kind of enjoying his summer. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the Scheidenfreude of him uh, looking terrible in week one. Um, but the Packers battled back and they had a, a, a nice win last night. Right. Um, but I don't know what it is. What I think overall is you're going to start seeing even in football, which has tried as hard as it can to really hold down the individual players kind of for the greater good of the shield as as they like to say, but the quarterback position is so important in modern NFL. And when you're as good as Aaron Rodgers, you can kind of, you have all the leverage. Oh yeah. It, I guess what happened is they tried to, they offered him a contract and he turned it down an extension because of maybe because of what you brought up earlier. Cause I know he's been disgruntled and, you know, kind of from the outside looking in rightfully so, because, other than that, they don't really have – well, Aaron Jones has been showing up and Devontae Adams, but other than that, they don't really have that good of a team. And their defense is – that's the big question mark for them because I guess they put up a lot – well, not um, Detroit, but uh, who the Saints put up a lot of points on them. So that's a problem. And they've been drafting defense, so that apparently they've been drafting the right guys. As far as the full NFL, I'm not a Packer fan, so I can only tell you so much. I have to talk to one of my other friends. Um, as far as the NFL season goes, there's been some good games. Uh, I've tra- checked out last Sunday. Uh, the boys brought in a good win. They did some weird stuff towards the end that um, I was tripping out about a little bit. I don't understand why you keep throwing it under when you have a tie game. And, you know, Greg the leg missed a bunch last week. But they ended up escaping with the victory, and they got some things to tighten up. So, you know, you got the win, you know, you might not be able to get away with that, you know, next next time down the line because they play Philadelphia on Monday. So it's been good so far. It's two weeks. There's a lot of football to be played. So, I mean, as far as so far, so good. Yeah. A couple of things that stuck out and have uh, Tom Brady has nine touchdown passes in the first two weeks. Yeah. So. Um, it could be one of these Tom Brady seasons where on fourth and one or goal, you know, goal line, they're going to bootleg and roll out and Gronkowski's going to catch a ton of touchdowns and they're going to rack up Brady's stats. Um, I mean, they brought the whole fucking team back. Yep. Yeah. So like, they're going to still be good. They're going to win 12, 13 games for sure. Yeah. Easily. You know, and it looks like um, Gronk is like revitalized too or rejuvenated. Cause it's like, he, barely did anything last year but like i said it's early in the season still so yeah um what else really uh stood out um dude how what are the chances of eight coaches getting covid like oh, the Saints had? like how do you how do you prepare or win a game <laughs> like all of your coaches serious i feel it's like you know on zoom yeah right you know in like baseball when they go through all the relievers and they have to get like the right fielder to come pitch. Right. right. That's how I felt like they were there. It's like, ah, uh, so you wide receivers coach, you're the D you're the offensive coordinator this week. Cause everyone has on protocol and that's going to be some shit for the rest of the season. Like, you know, 
especially for a lot of where a lot of these teams are, they're still having, you know, it's not like where we live with California, lowest case rate in the nation. Right. Um, some of these places, man, it's not you. You're going to have people missing games. Kirk Cousins, possibly, yeah. you know, causing other people to miss games. And, and it's going to be it's going to be a thing. So that really stuck out to me. And then just as as Cowboys fans, what I would say, um, like the defense did just enough to win. They made some plays. They got a pick like they made some good plays. I was really impressed with that uh, quarterback from the Chargers, that young kid. Yeah, he's good. He's way better than Tua. Yeah. Like, I can't believe he looked really good. Yeah, you saw flashes of it last season, and I was like, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback. And with the Cowboys, with their defense, that's another problem. Yeah, they took, got takeaways, but the Chargers were kind of moving the ball at will and save some touchdowns that got taken away. The game could have swung very differently. So the defense has got to lock some things up. And then, you know, with Demarcus Lawrence breaking his foot. Yeah, and yeah that doesn't help. And then uh, Gregory on COVID protocol. It's just like, yeah, they, they those are two big parts of their defense. And if you don't have a front line, your secondary is going to get exposed all day. Yeah. I don't think Zeke looks that good. I mean, that's a good thing we got Pollard. Cause, yeah, no kidding. I mean, they're keying in on him. So if that doesn't sure. work, give him Pollard. So it's not so much... It's not so much on Zeke, you know, he's doing what he can. It's just, if you don't, if he doesn't, if that's not working, give it to Pollard. And that seemed to have worked for them on Sunday. Yeah. I feel like the Cowboys easily could have been 0-2 and they yeah. could easily be 2-0. Exactly. So I, agree, I agree with that stance. I feel like next week against the Eagles will really help set the tone for, for that's hopefully. The, that's the test. Winning that's the division. The so. so thanks for the question, Vaughn. Eric. Whoop, whoop. That's the guy's person's name. Could be a girl, could be a guy. I don't know. I really have been enjoying your guys' watch of the week segment. I just want to know if you guys have checked out American Horror Stories. If you did, what do you think about it? And if not, I recommend it. Yeah, I checked it out. And um, it's pretty, I, it's got my attention because it's a standalone series. So it's not like a full season. They're just doing um, one-off stories. And um, I'll just talk about it now and I'll just glance on it on our watch of the week. But um, yeah, they started off the first two episodes in a murder house and like, it's totally different characters. Everything's different and it's cool. Like that, like they had a throwback to the eighties one with a little mix of, um, oh shit. Like it was kind of a mix of night of living dead a little bit. And then they had this one that we just saw that was kind of like, hills have eyes so they're throwing little easter eggs of old horror movies in there which i think is pretty cool if you're a horror fan you'll get it but yeah it's cool for a, for a spinoff they usually don't do too well but this one's pretty cool so it's got it's got my got put on my list yeah i never was into the originals uh but Rebel and i checked out one episode like the first season with the gimp and like that whole thing and it's not my not my style i can say that um she really liked the like the original seasons, but we I have not checked out the new ones, but um and I'm not going to. Sorry, whoop whoop. I'm just gonna be honest. Not my Never. thing. It's not my thing. But uh yeah, man, I've always appreciated uh just the whole kind of niche thing about it, how 
they had the same actors move throughout. They did the freak show, the coven. They did all these different things, but they still had all the same actors. Yeah. And I just thought it was really well done from what I did see, even though I'm not really into the content. And I was cool well, when we went to New Orleans to see the the house, you know, it's always fun. So, yeah, I mean, that's not for everyone. So if you're into that sort of thing, cool. If not, that's cool, too. But um, I don't know. It just kind of brings me back to like the Tales from the Crypts days. Like it's not something you can you really have to pay attention to every episode. You know, you like the ones you like and the one, ones you just put in the back. So, yeah, seen it already. Thanks. Whoop, 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 whoop. All right. Blue Borat, fellow metalhead and good music fan in general here. We'll be the judge of that. I just read that Use Your Illusion turned 30 a few days ago. I wanted to ask which album do you prefer, one or two? Yeah, this is the age old question. And I have it with one of my buddies who we go back and forth with Guns N' Roses. We got to see him live. Um, it's, it's crazy because... They're both great albums. So we go back and forth. I mean, two has one of my favorite songs on there. You could be mine. But I think if I put on like the one that I always go back to is one. I like use your illusion one. It's got like a little bit more of like a, the appetite vibe to it, even though it's different. And two is more like the opera, not operatic, but like it's more of like an ambient thing. You know, save for a few songs, both great albums. But if I had to pick one, it would be one. Yeah, I would go with two. The thing that stood out to me and that I like the most, I think it's such a good cover um, of Live and Let Die. Yeah. Um, and so that always like drew me in. And then so that that's what I inevitably listened to more. But I would probably say that um, one had more of the hits. Yeah. It had like November Rain and got Don't Cry. and Yeah. So. Um, again, both really good. I remember them being like really like I waited for those. It was like a big deal when those came out. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because I mean, Guns N' Roses wasn't really around for that long, you know, like album-wise, you know. They had those three albums and then the spaghetti incident. I don't count Chinese democracy, you know, but yeah, they left their staple and they still are. So I mean, I can't believe it's been 30 years since those albums dropped, but yeah, time flies. Yeah, indeed. Thanks for the question, Blue Borat. And we're going to wrap this up with Rahas. Can you guys finally admit that Roman Reigns is the best thing going in wrestling right now? He came out on Raw. Ratings went up. Crowd popped for him the most. The guy's been doing his best work, and you guys still won't give him the credit. I don't remember the last time we didn't give him credit no i think i think somebody i don't know maybe somebody's just skipping the first half and going straight to cool shit which right. i understand i That's understand fine. yeah you but have it in I'm, the timestamp, but yeah i mean i'm pretty sure that like i don't know not too long ago i think one of the things i said was like smackdown cometh solely right. on the back of the tribal chief and robin reigns i'm pretty sure like us saying that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is, uh, has a been there, done that vibe to it. Has nothing again is nothing to do with Roman Reigns. It has to do with the storylines that he's being put in. But he's performing. He's doing. You know what? He's the, he's doing his best work. That so, I that right? I agree with. And like, do I don't understand what 
do you expect us to do? Like, I'm not going to throw a ticker tape parade for the guy. Like, yeah, he's doing great work. And this is the position he should have been at. Is he my favorite wrestler? Absolutely not. Like, and if you want me to pick him apart, like, here we go. Like, I mean, his matches are still super one dimensional and he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily need to be wrestling a five-star match because of his character. So that's fine. I don't care about that, but you know, I think there's other guys like that are, I just, I just like watching a different kind of wrestling. You know what I mean? And I'm not just because the WWE is spoon feeding this guy doesn't mean I'm going to eat all of it. So it's like, that's cool that you like him. And that's great. The question sounded a little Markish, but um, let's just pump the brakes. Yeah, he's great. But it's like, let's not talk about like, he's the second coming of Steve Austin here. I saw this on the other day on this um, on Instagram that like some guy put up a thing who runs a wrestling website and he put who's better Reigns or Austin. And it's like, you know, (laughs) wrestling aside, it's two different eras and let's, let's not compare the two, dude. Come on. Yeah. Like it's yeah, man. Reigns is doing great. And I hope he keeps doing great, but we've given him plenty of credit. Like, you know, we've given him more credit sometimes than like Seth Rollins, who's a rough, who's a, who's wrestling style. We enjoy better, you know, and we've ran Rollins through the tracks. So, I mean, we're not here to like, just over put people over, you know what I mean? We're here to like call and analyze what we see. So, you know, and everything, every time we come out with reins, it's been positive lately. So, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not going to jump for joy for him if that's what you want me to do. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It was a Markish question. And, you know, to be honest, um, you should just really go back and listen to the last five episodes <laughs> and, and write an essay about why you're wrong and uh, what what you can do to make it up to us. Right. And you can do that when you're done with your essay. You can send that right back in to xander hobbs on instagram that's x-a-n-d-e-r underscore h-o-double-b-e-s and that's for all of you that want to send in your questions remarks or anything else bobby where can they find you they can find me on the ig at wrestleocalypse spelled like it sounds and And that that wraps up the mailbag and now we got a get rid of one and this is inspired by the prodigy Cause she was so very happy that she got to go get ice cream and we have done desserts in the past, but I felt this was a a propos because Xander uses the amazing analogy that if you have 31 flavors, you don't want to just eat vanilla. All right. But we're going to limit it to four flavors, four flavors. What are you getting rid of? Are you getting rid of? Rocky Road. Are you getting rid of Rainbow Sherbert? Are you getting rid of? Well, I didn't expect your face to look like that. That makes it easy. And then Mint and Chip. And the last Neapolitan, the favorite of one Homer J. Simpson. Well, since Mint Chocolate Chip is my favorite, I'm not getting rid of that. And I'm not getting rid of Neapolitan. So it's between Rocky Road and Rainbow Sherbert. I can't eat Rocky Road. So that's oh. in it. So, and I hate Rainbow Sherbert, but I got to get rid of the Rocky Road so I don't end up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Road, see you later.
Oh, that's funny. I'm getting rid of Neapolitan because much like Homer Simpson, I only eat the chocolate. Oh. And then I have I have vanilla and and the strawberry ice cream. And strawberry ice cream was always weird to me, especially when you get the kind that actually had like the pieces or cherry ice cream or whatever it was that actually had the piece of fruit in it. I wasn't all about that. If you want to put marshmallows in my ice cream, chunks of cookie dough, chunks of brownie, like I'm all good for That's that good. stuff. Yeah. Like, but uh, and I agree with you. You cannot go wrong with the mint chocolate chip. It's no. delicious. That's great. Refreshing. Yep. Um, just so good. Yeah. Um. You know, I like some strawberry ice creams. Uh, there's this gelato place next to Janine's work and it's called Tifa. That's a plug. And they had this flavor called strawberry balsamic. Mm. And on paper, that might sound weird, but it's actually really, really good. And I highly recommend that. Yes, I am familiar with the Tifa. Oh, uh, nice. Yes. So obviously, that's also in my neck of the working woods. The other thing I would say, though, and, and, and I, I was going to do this. I was going to take a different angle because it's like there's your classic Baskin Robbins style ice cream. Right. There's Cold Stone. There's this like new cryo frozen ice cream stuff. Yeah. And then there's like the scraped rolled one. I haven't had the rolled one yet. See, That's, I haven't either. That's why we couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, we couldn't do that one. I like the um, Sub-Zero one. I like that. And um, I, I, the one that the, for that one up Cold Stone's at the bottom of the barrel for me because Baskin Robbins is awesome. Like. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And it has the prodigy's favorite, which is cotton candy ice cream. Oh, that, that would be her favorite. <laughs> but it like literally gives me a, a cavity just thinking about it. I know that sounds gnarly. <laughs> it's like, here's ice cream. Here's 10 pounds of sugar. Here you Seriously. go, kid. Boom. So that, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I like ice cream. I just can't eat as much as I'd like. Yeah. I just went to um, Owls over in the Valley and um, I picked up some. They have good ice cream there. I got a tiramisu and cheesecake one. Mm -hmm. Like that one, I got two, uh, one scoop of each. Really good. They have chunks of cheesecake in the cheesecake one. Interesting. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. But yeah, now it's making me hungry. So let's go on to our watch of the week. Yes. You All got right. you you got some emotionally charged uh, viewings. This this I mean. Yeah, like I I won't go over American Horror Stories because I did that in the mailbag. So while I was studying for my test, I put on Up, which is really I mean, that's a good movie, especially when it gets into the dogs. And uh, Mr. Griffey over here liked it. He was watching along with it. Uh, and then I was checking out this show on Vice called Hate Thy Neighbor, which is interesting. This British comedian goes to different spots of, uh, you know, not so what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Jesus, I keep drawing a blank. Not so tolerant people. Let's put it that way. And he hangs out with them for a little bit and he tries to get down to the nitty gritty of why some of these people think the way they do, you know, whether it's overzealous religious zealots, um, homophobic people, and just um, Berkeley college students that are conservative. So it's an interesting take. And um, he doesn't go on there just to bash them. He's there to just like, see like, it's like, dude, why do you think this way? Why do you think that, you know, God's going to damn you to hell for all eternity because, you know, you do something that you don't necessarily approve of. It's just good to watch. It's a good like eye opener. And then it's cool. And then of course, NFL football. So that's what I've been watching. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been on the NFL tip. I'm really trying to dedicate myself this season to like pay enough attention to know who any of these people are who aren't 40 some years old quarterbacks who have, right. I, you know, I've been inundated with last 20 years. <laughs> um, I've mentioned this before, but I got back on the train again. Michael Simon, one of my favorite celebrity chefs, uh, Iron Chef. He's got a show called Burgers, Brews, and Q. And this was from a few years ago. Uh, but it's just a good travel and eating show. And I like to smoke a lot of meat. Uh, so I like watching it because he's always got at least one. You know, it's dedicated to a place that does a really good burger, a place that does a really good barbecue dish. And then there's beer all throughout it so it's you know it checks all my boxes for yeah sure. that's right up your alley um yeah and it's cool like there's a lot of places i think i'd like to go see in america like cities i like cities i'm you know i'm not really one to really want to go sit on some remote beach and just lay around all the time um and just seeing some of the places he goes like you know uh really makes me kind of want to get back out and hit hit the road again although not anytime soon because parts of the country are still burning, but right. when, when it, when is, when time is appropriate, definitely want to go back to new Orleans. Would love to go check out Detroit. Would love to go see Chicago again. Um, I have, would love to go back to Seattle. And then there's all these other places like Memphis looks great. Um, Nashville, Charlotte, uh, and Carolina in the Carolinas. Um, I would go to Miami because I just think that there's a lot of culture there, but probably not anytime soon. Um, but all these places have great beer, great brews, uh, great burgers and barbecue. So I'm all for it. Uh, staying on the food tip, brand new season, Hollywood, Halloween baking championship is upon us. And it's always fun because it's all Halloween themed. This last episode, they had to make hand pies in the shape of severed hands. I thought that was fun. So just your, you know, just a cooking competition. And then I've been watching a lot of YouTube and the I'm not Norm YouTube channel, which is Norm McDonald. And it's got just tons of stuff from his, like his YouTube, his podcast shows, uh, classic clips with Conan, classic stuff with Saturday Night Live. Um, and it's just funny as shit. So that's really what I've been kind of digging into um, this week. All right. So now that we're watched, done watching TV, we're going to get back to some more wrestling with our match of the week. And we've got a burner for you. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. This was a Lucha Underground um, match. And this was the final battle to put a flag, put a pin, put some shattered glass, if you will, into this feud. Yeah. So this is, um, we have Killshot, AKA formerly known as Shane Strickland, now known as Isaiah Swerve Scott. He's under a hood and he's going up against Dante Fox in a hell of war match. So it's pretty much three stages of hell, but you know, they called hell of war. So the object of the matches, there's three different matches. The first one was a first blood match. The second one was a just like regular no DQ match. And then the last one, if time if needed be, would put you have to put your um, opponent not in an ambulance, but like a military um, based vehicle. 
So both of the the storyline, both of these guys were in the military together. Dante Fox came comes back and feels like that kill shot left him to just, you know, left him behind. You know, let the military doesn't leave no man behind. So they were going back and forth for a few months. And this was the culmination of the feud. And Bobby, you had some uh, reservations about this. Yeah, I mean, like one, when you look at the when they get in the ring, there's just blood stains everywhere. Right. Um, and yes, the, I thought the match started off good. That had, to, you know, the crowd was super into it. Energy was good. There's lots of uh, consequences for them to uh, explore, if you will. I like uh, one of it. One of the announcers like, well, the crowd better be careful. We don't want any collateral damage because they had like a, they had like a ladder that stretched it from the ring apron to the barricade. And then the first right. row people are right there. And it's like, yowzy, wowzy. But um, it just escalated, kept escalating and escalating. And I'm not a huge fan of like this hardcore death match stuff, but a lot of broken glass, a lot of blood toward the end. But it ended really powerfully because the whole way you win is you have to put your opponent into the ambulance. Right. And that's and what it, happened. It was cool because I liked the way, I mean, cause I remember this feud vividly. Like I was a big Lucha underground fan and um, this was one of the better, they had a lot of good feuds, but this was one of the better undercard ones that they did. And when I watched it today, I was like, wow, yeah, I remember everything. And, you know, it wasn't such a try, you know, when you first hear ambulance match, you're like, Oh, but like the way they set it up with the first two matches, and then how he like just they the stretcher was like utilized for something else and that was done and he ended up kill shot ended up carrying him on his back and putting him in there and it was really kind of like they really tied up the emotions with it too because you know that was his friend that he put in there and it was just cool because he's wrestling under a mask and the first blood match they're like the announcers like how are they going to make you know he's bleeding and so lo and behold he goes through the glass and his back is all cut up and um I just really liked Lucha Underground when it was on. I mean, Matt Stryker and Vampiro, I, I really liked their commentating really good. And um, I was actually fortunate enough to see a Lucha Underground show live uh, with Tony Bloodbath and myself a little bit ago. And it was just a shame how it couldn't really, it wasn't really sustained, you know, with the contracts. And then it was just different. We always say like it was a, it was a show about a promotion, a wrestling promotion. And then, you know, they'd have the backstage stuff and then they would have the matches in the ring. So it was just different. And if I suggest you go check it out, if you're not squeamish, like it was, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great match. And when you look through the, uh, the comments, we talked about this earlier, like people are there for that match. People are saying this is the best match they've ever seen. Yeah. This is the best fight. This is the one they recommend to everybody. So um, it definitely has value, just not my personal flavor. It's more like the, um, you know, like the, uh, the rainbow sherbet, if you will. Right. I'd say I won't, can't, won't always enjoy it, but not, not what I'm looking for all the like time. Like I said, it's not necessarily mine either, but the way they did it and the way that it was a stamp on the feud. And that's what I've said all the time. These matches are fine. If this is going to be the icing on the cake, so to speak. And the way they did it is perfect. Like if it was just a regular match between them, like their third match or second match, then okay, then we'd have a different story. But yeah, they did it. They said they went their separate ways, and that was the end of that. So feel free; it's on YouTube. Check it out, and uh, 
yeah, you'll see um, a little backstory if you didn't know about Mr. Scott wrestling in other promotions. He's really good, and he was really good in that match. Same with, same with Dante Fox. Yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, it's It's a doozy. All right, now we're coming down to the wire, trying to hit that 60-minute time limit, and we're walking to the ring. So let's start off with you, Bobby. What are you walking out to? I'm coming out to a song called Failed Imagineer by uh, the punk band Propagandi off the album Victory Lap, and I just really like it. And I love the term Failed Imagineer. There's actually a designer I follow. Here's a plug at Failed Imagineer on Instagram, and he does a lot of cool pop culture and um, Disney mashups, a lot of vintage Disney kind of designs, which is super cool. And he's a punk rocker. So uh, I like the song and props to him. So here it is now. Let's have a drink Back when the water did go Great grandfather had wrote Letters of apology to all of those Families of the men Who could let you hold Hunted to this confinement But not on the coast Lie you rather Great grandfather came back from a nail Transformed into a damaged hand by the man Never spoke on the slaughter He witnessed first hand is the world I brought you into bed I reverse no rebel Share my former shells Sit down with me Let's have a drink What have we here? The Yeah, I always like that. Propaganda. I just really like Propaganda's guitar work, man. I do too. Like they got better as they kept putting albums out. I mean, musician wise, music wise, and yeah, that's a cool song. Yeah, I think they got a little heavier as, yeah. as time progressed, and and they definitely so, real good, real good. Uh, what are you coming out to? Well, in lieu of the 30th anniversary of Use Your Illusion, I'm coming out to some Guns and Roses, and I'm going to take you back to Use Your Illusion one, and it's not one of the um mainstream popular songs it's called garden of eden i think it's just really cool it's just a good song and they had a lot of these cool songs on the first one and this one doesn't get much play but it's still pretty dope so check it out right now it's a
Yeah, and you won't hear it now, but it's got a really good guitar solo too. So feel free. It'll be on the um, playlist. So make sure you check that out because we're just adding stuff to it. Yeah, man, it is. It's where every every week we add all the songs. If the cold open is a song or whatever, we'll add that too. Um, and it just keeps growing. And I mean, we're three quarters of the way through the year, so we've got a little ways to go. But it's it is quite the playlist. It will get you through the midday doldrums. Yes, it sure will. That'll that's like it easily two eight hour days so far. So, well, it's going to be. All right. So now that we're in the ring, we're in the dark side of the ring and we're going to unpack this uh, plane ride from hell episode. Yeah, we touched on it briefly, but dark side of the ring always comes with some new tidbits and they often take a different editorial tract than, say, some of the other things we've seen, uh, especially regarding um this particular story so put it in context before we talk about the episode so plane ride from hell is so backstory they're finishing up a european tour and what they used to do was they used to charter these um planes for that you know a lot of sports teams would and the the front of the plane which is the first of the first class was like you know a lounge area and that was for vince and lynn uh, vince and the stone cold was on the plane, I guess. And then the back was the first class. And that was so much the coach. And you had guys like Brock Lesnar on there. You had Kurt Angle, Goldust, Bradshaw, Michael Hayes, Mr. Perfect, Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, X-Pac, just incredible. You go down the list. It was on um, the year 2003, I believe. And Mr. And Ric Flair was on there too. So they were delayed for seven hours and they had a open bar pretty much there so they get up in the plane and you have a bunch of guys with a bunch of issues off a long tour and they're getting drunk and they're doing other things and um things happened as you know rick flair did his thing with the robe with nothing underneath and you know there's just all, all kinds of shenanigans bobby take it from here because it's a lot it's a lot i'm getting overwhelmed unpacking all of it yeah so basically they got like you said i mean it's they wrapped up a tour, a European tour. They were coming back home, chartered plane, seven hours on the runway, delayed. So they got shit face hammered. And right. then basically all of the worst attributes when you had all of those dudes and a few women uh, stuffed inside this charter plane came out and it, uh, you know, it's been talked about a lot. And, and, but I think that, Hearing the the flight attendants talk about it and then hearing how kind of the company people talked about it is where like the most disconcerting things were. Right. And not right. even really just the company men, even the, the company that owned the charter plane, like when they were when the flight attendants told them what happened, they were just basically like, don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's the privacy of our privacy of our clients. It's like, you know, just so many epic fails. And now you look at like WWE is this publicly held corporation and doing business with these big networks and like none of that shit would fly pun intended today. Um, yeah. And it was just like, I think it wasn't 
okay, well, what was happening on that plane was, you know, very unsavory from gold dust being hammered and spitting his like dip spit into the pockets of the plane and like him serenading uh, his ex-wife on the thing. Brock, I guess Brock Lesnar on the, one of the tours showed Marlena or Terry his junk. And, you know, the big thing was not to sell it. Scott Hall licking a, licking a flight attendant's face and saying he's going to lick other things. And there's just all kinds of debauchery. Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect wrestling in the aisle. You know, I guess they could feel the plane like shifting as they were getting two big over 200 pound guys bumping into each other. And um, and I think the whole thing um, topped it off with Ric Flair, whether he puts the he cornered the lady. This is what they say. She's they cornered her. He cornered her and put her hand on his junk. And she was told, you know, she was obviously disturbed by it but was convinced to take the money and not proceed to go through it in court to stay quiet. And um, so this is where it gets hairy. And what happened was too, some people got fired and some people didn't. And it was just this deal of, it brought a lot of bad press and it's bringing, still bringing bad press 20 years later. And a lot of people just kind of like trivialized it. Same with people online. and. It's, I mean, people have mothers and daughters and stuff like that. And I don't think any one of those people that are like saying it wasn't a big deal would think it was a big deal if it happened to the females in their lives. Yeah, totally. And that's what I think, you know, as we talked about it earlier, the callousness with what some of the talking heads and the company people talked about it. And then, you know, really falling into that old trope of, well, if she took a settlement, why? Obviously, it wasn't that bad. Why didn't she go? It's like because she had no leverage and no power. Like, right. You know, it's like it's such an unfair thing to put that on somebody. And I think one thing that I it's like, where the fuck was Vince McMahon? He was at the front of the plane, apparently. But it's like fighting with Kurt Angle, though. Right. Wasn't that too? And I guess what ha- what is because Jr. was in charge of all of them back then, so he was pretty much the chauffeur on the on that side of the plane, and Vince is pretty much just like leave me alone. So which right. is I don't, and so but the thing is, it's I don't understand how you can control any of those guys with a full bar and countless drugs, and you know there's only so much one guy can do, and I'm not sure even Vince would could have done anything if he came out there. So, I mean, I'm not excusing any of the behavior and yes, it was 20 years ago, but with WWE trying to have this like squeaky clean reputation, I'm sure that this was something that they could have went without um, resurfacing. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure they didn't enjoy it, but it was obviously vice knows what they're doing. That's why they, they kicked off the second half with, I mean, this is, these are all well-known stars, especially for our, our generation of fandom. The antics were well-known, but they really jumped in it, got, got more detail than I remember, you know, and, and it just like a lot of these episodes, man, it's just kind of sad. Like, you know, and like people were fired. Oh yeah. You know? uh, Mr. Perfect got fired and then he died a year later. Scott um, was fired. Scott Hall was like fired. Yeah. So t- trashed, although he thinks that he posits that he was he was given a H bomb. Yeah, because that, that was another thing I forgot about. They one of the things the wrestlers used to like to do was drop Halcyon in people's drinks and watch them black out and act a fool. 
So, you know, that's just, that was, that's what they did back then. And what's everyone likes to make fun of these wrestlers now and say they're soft for playing video games and stuff like that. And it's like, who cares, man? Like, cause that's, you know, that whole rock star debauchery thing. It's like, to me, that's what they did, but that's not cool, you know? And I'm trying to like be diplomatic about it. It's like, losing control of what you do is never a good thing. It's like, yeah, it might look glamorous when Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses did, but like, if you read into the details of that stuff, that's not even cool either. The stuff that Nikki Six went through, the stuff that all of them went through, you know, like that's why they're sober. And so I'm not saying- Or dead. Or dead. Yeah, or dead. I'm not saying you can't go out and like um, unwind with a few beers and stuff, but these guys were not just having a few beers. So No, dude. They went through three carts of booze. And at the end of the trip, the stewardesses walked off because there was blood and syringes and all sorts of shit all through strewn throughout the cabin. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, yeah, it happened a long time ago, but it was still a big deal. And it still is with the way it's gaining traction and, you know, with the internet and stuff like that too. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these people making this huge stink about it, we're not even watching wrestling or even like able to like, um, like conceptualize it back then when it happened. So, you know, you're going to have that section of people doing that, but yeah, it's, that's, it's not a good thing. And yeah, it's, that's why dark side of the ring is what is what it says. It is. It's, it's not, it's, this is not a fluff piece. No, no, it is not. We look forward to the rest of the season, but I think that, is uh, something we can't top. Absolutely not. And on that note, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly in this life, Bobby B. We'll see you next time. Booyakasha. Booyakasha.